that was always so nice, you know, whenever someone would tell me, I'm just so glad to see your kids in mm-hmm. church. Yeah. And they're not commenting about how, how, you know, I was parenting or how I handled this or that, because sometimes that gets a little self-conscious too. Mm-hmm. But just to like give an encouragement that, you know, it was nice to hear your kids. Even if they were loud or if they were laughing or even when they're fighting because they fight with each other sometimes too. And that's so frustrating. Um, Isn't something you have to deal with too. But just to know that other people are okay with you being there. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And we have some guests with us again. Hi, this is Kelly. Hi, I'm Megan. Great to have you guys on again. Uh, by the way, these are our wives again. Yeah. Still. I, still. S- still, still, still yep. married. Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> we survived the last. Going podcast. strong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And we are here to talk today about. Uh, well, we've been in this sermon series, uh, "Save to Serve." We've been talking about our roles within family relationships, and so today we're gonna. Uh, talk about uh, little kids in church and and why is that such a blessing for them to be in worship rather than out of worship? Some of the challenges that come with that and maybe some encouragement uh, for those who've been on the uh, the front lines, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyways, uh, well, Pastor Tim, you usually like to start us out with a little bit of humor. <laughs> I don't know that I really have any any jokes, just right. That's okay. Right on no okay, bad moving jokes on. on the parenting. Uh, I mean, day. there's. Oh man. <laughs> okay. You guys caught me. I wasn't thinking about it. I've got a good one. Kay. How about any funny stories about kids in church? Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. Um, our favorite story about kids in church was, um, I think William was how old? He uh, was about four, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he was in grade school yet. So. He, there was a baptism, and um, John and Pastor Randall invited all the children up to watch the baptism, you know, kind of like a mm-hmm. children's sermon style, but they got to all watch the baptism. And um, <laughs> during the baptism, all of a sudden, <laughs> William stands up kind of behind all the other kids, as kids do. They get up and move around all the time. Mm-hmm. But he put his his hood on and started humming. (laughs) Really loud and everyone was (laughs) laughing and you guys were trying to continue. And I was trying so hard to like get his attention from my seat where I was and I couldn't. (laughs) He eventually sat down, but I was so embarrassed that he so was singing imagine Darth Vader this. music during a baptism. Do, do the music again. <laughs> dun, dun, I baptize dun, you in the name of the dun, Father dun, and of the... Dun, <laughs> that's what dun, it was like. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It was <laughs> great. Yeah, but luckily, the, family the family never forgot it. They were like, remember that time <laughs> when William... And they thought it was funny and forgave us. <laughs> that yeah, was good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to share the one of when Josh was pants fell down at communion. Yeah, I might share that later in the podcast. Okay, that's maybe a challenge. Okay, right. I had a lot of toys roll down yes. the under the pews and then some ushers like kicking them back. Yeah. My, 
<laughs> my absolute favorite for that is when uh, our kids had pokeballs and they dropped the pokeballs mm-hmm. and the pokeball would roll towards me, <laughs> which just really seemed like either I had to run for it or it was going to be captured. You know, right? That's alarming. Yes. So, I uh, think in fact the the second or third Sunday you guys were here, there was a pokeball. Yeah, that rolled down, <laughs> and I think I caught it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was it was current to that. I just, yeah, because yeah. unlike yeah. some churches, our church has a little bit of a decline. Yeah, slope. a little yeah. slope, and so anything that's going to roll is going to roll right gone. down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the um, so one that sticks out to me too is Christmas. Uh, in it, when I was in Thunder Bay, there was this little kiddo that came as a visitor, and dur- it was a Christmas Eve service. So it was like packed house, and this kid, he decides to run from his parents. So he ran from his mom. I think he was like three and a half or something. And he comes up to the, um, uh, to the front of the church and he, he climbs through the communion rail. Uh-oh. So he's up there <laughs> with me by the pulpit and his mom is on the other side of the communion rail and just like doesn't know what to do because she, it's like, what do you do? You know, do you jump the communion right. rail <laughs> or do you come up to the, you know, all the way in the front and come up? And so I just stopped and I said, that's a really good move. You know, like that's, that's a good, that's a good move. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we could get, we could talk about this for probably mm-hmm. a half an yeah. hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if we got into the theme of children's messages. <laughs> I learned very quickly that when you ask kids a question, you're going to get anything in return. Anything Uh, that was on their mind. Anything on their mind. Like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, I love dolphins. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, cool. I had cereal for breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, well, so we're going to begin with a a question here. Um, Why is it important to have little kids in church? What do you guys think? And what do you Hmm. mean by little kids? Hmm. Bef- like pre pre uh, school, like before school. Like oh, so. okay. Four, like, four or like under. Really, the really. Yeah, levels? and yeah. I would say mm-hmm. even anything from let's even say birth to to confirmation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the little littles and then like grade school. Yeah, and there's different kind of challenges with each, but but just in general, why is it just so important to have kids in church? I think if we believe that the Bible is living and active, or God's Word is living and active, and we've brought our kids, um, whether they're baptized or not, like if we believe that God's Word is living and active, why would we think that that is only for adults? Mm. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's for kids too. And I'm so often our kids will be humming and singing the songs from church, you know, later on in the week. And it just recalls, will recall memories for me, prompt memories for me. And so I just love hearing the scripture, like, from their lips early on. And it's amazing how much kids retain. Like, Mm -hmm. even three, four-year-olds, you know, they'll be talking about the sermon. And you're like, Mm -hmm. wait, I thought you weren't listening, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they are sponges. They... Yeah, just being parents, you kind of notice that they are paying attention to a lot more than you think that they are. Yeah. And that happens at home. It happens at school. Their teachers will tell you that. And then it happens at church, too. And um, just so my personal experience with with kids and church is that ever since I've been a parent, John has 
been either a seminarian or a vicar or a pastor. So my, and I think Megan, this is your sim- a similar experience where we've been only single moms on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, we were always kind of um, on our own with a baby and then a baby and a toddler and then a baby and a toddler and a preschooler and <laughs> twins. Yeah, you <laughs> had you had twins, yeah. Twin infants, two two yeah. babies, um, and and it's it's super difficult and crazy, um, but you know I've kind of tried to figure out what works and what doesn't and have lots and lots of failures, but um, a lot of successes along the way. And I think one of those things is whenever you think that you are failing and that this is kind of a disaster to try to bring all of these kids to church (laughs) that all of a sudden one of them will speak out during the sermon what the sermon was talking about like Mm -hmm. I remember there was one time when um one of the pastors either you or Randall John were um you know quoting that passage in scripture about like solid food and milk, you know, spiritual, the spiritual food or whatever that we get that, that Paul is talking to the church about. And one of my kids, I don't remember which one, maybe William or Joshua at like age two or three said milk. They just like stopped what they were doing (laughs) playing. And they said milk and looked at me and smiled. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you heard that you were listening. I can't even believe Mm. that. And you know, I have more stories like that as they grew up that I feel like that was the earliest one that just kind of was just a nice reminder that like, okay, mm-hmm. I think maybe possibly this is worth it, even though it's a struggle. I noticed something the other night uh, with Brianna that, you know, I haven't yet taught Brianna the Ten Commandments or the Lord's Prayer, or the Creed, like with the other kids, but but we prayed uh, the Lord's Prayer uh, with her brothers, and I heard her jump in, and she didn't get all of it, but she got about half of it. Mm-hmm. And, and she's six. And she's six, and mm-hmm. I think she knew most of it because of church, because she's heard it every Sunday. And so, and th- this has been, this is one of my concerns with not having kids in church. One of the things I've seen in every church I've been in is that oftentimes we'll just have our kids in Sunday school, but we don't have them in church. And then when it comes time for them to get into confirmation or high school, church is a foreign kind of concept like the Lord's Supper or uh, listening to a sermon or the creed or the Lord's Prayer or some of those basic elements of our faith uh, are maybe kind of foreign for them. Hmm. So... The content is foreign, but also even the experience of sitting through church and participating in it is foreign. Yeah. So I think the more we're able to have them in from birth on up and they're just soaking it in each Sunday, the more it's going to come naturally and become a lifelong habit. Yeah, and I, I think um, there's something about the way we view worship in our, our era and maybe in North America, but we think of it as primarily information. Mm-hmm. So we think of, you know, I go to church so that I get more information about God and maybe mm-hmm. that'll help me think about how I live and that. And we kind of think, well, that's not really applicable to kids. Yeah. And I think we need to shift to think of it more. And I think 
the Lutheran worship and liturgy is really rich, mm-hmm. and it, it instructs all ages and has participation points for all ages, which is great. Um, but I think we need to we need to think about church more about more like a family meal, mm. mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, of course, of course, we're going to bring our kids to Thanksgiving dinner, you know, because they're part of the family. And so when our kids, they're baptized into Christ, like they are part of the worshiping family of God in this place. They have a they belong and we should take them seriously as worshipers. Yeah. And so it's not just cognitive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, intake, but there's praying to God, there's praising God, there's seeing the other Christians, and there's just being a part of the scene, you know, and, and participating in that as much as they can, you know, in the meal even. So I think that is, it's just a bit of a shift. It's like, why do we do this? Well, it's to come around Christ and his gifts. Yeah. Well, even having them come up during communion, mm-hmm. you know, to get a blessing from the pastor. That's huge, just because you're creating a relationship between the kids and their pastors. The pastor doesn't seem so scary, you know, otherwise. Well, and you had mentioned too, Tim, about the family dynamic too, that the kids are actual equal parts mm-hmm. of the church. You know, it's not like they're lesser mm. part of the church, and then when you become an adult, you're a more important part of the church. Children are actually an equal part of this church body. And if we invite them in with the rest of the family, the church family, we're treating them that mm-hmm. way too. And I think they'll I think they'll sense that and learn that. Mm-hmm. Well Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Yeah. That's really that's a command. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, let them. <laughs> I, I like the old King James and that'll kinda help us segue a little bit, but you know, the King James says, suffer the little children to come unto me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, um, like what can be really difficult um, about bringing kids into the church and what are the challenges that we face there? Yeah, because let's be honest. I mean, there is an appeal to having our kids in Sunday school while we're in worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there sometimes you need that. Sometimes you and might sometimes just need that. And sometimes you do need yeah. that, yeah. and that's okay. Like, like, I will tell you that for sure. So as a s- single mom on Sunday, um, I would bring my only kid with me, and we would, you know, do as much as we could and, you know, leave church in and out, you know, come in and out when we needed to take a little walk and then come back and all of that stuff. I felt like I could handle that. Then you add another one into it, and it's like, well, uh, you know, until he, mm-hmm. you could keep him in his little seat, and then you could kind of strap him to your body while you could wrangle the other <laughs> older kid. Um, but then, you know, there's a point where I felt like whenever they were crawling, you know, it's like they're not walking. <laughs> Game changer. They're crawling. Or it's like, yeah, the crawling transition to the toddling, they're constantly falling and bonking their head and screaming at the top of their lungs. They're never wanting to, like, they're always trying to get away. And, you know, you can handle that, you know, if you have people around you who are supporting you. You can handle that when you're just by yourself with one kid. But there were definitely seasons, you know, where, you know, I'm just not even going to think about this. I'm dropping this kid off at the nursery, and I'm going to church with my other kid or my other two kids until this kid is not going to, like, damage themselves (laughs) in the middle, you know, then I'll bring them back in. But I would always try to remind myself, like, this is just a season. This is just a season. You know, don't 
turn it into what we do every week or, you know, f- for years and years. But I absolutely needed that nursery yeah. time during certain seasons of our life. Well, we, and I, oh, go ahead. We only had 11 o'clock service. So one of our challenges was that, like, our kids were going to get really hungry around <laughs> around yeah. noon. Yeah. And so uh, we, I would basically take lunch. <laughs> to church mm-hmm. and we had the snack traps were a huge saver mm-hmm. you know and so our kids would eat lunch at church because <laughs> during <laughs> church can, that, can hang that's on. just what we had to do yep. you do what so you gotta do yeah. at that point you know like no judgment from other people don't you don't have to do what works for the family two rows in front of you you just yeah. gotta <laughs> yeah you just gotta try and fail and try again and <laughs> well and I can think of of a, a season in somebody's marriage maybe where let's say somebody's marriage is struggling and you know kids are going to do better anyways if mom and dad are solid and so maybe maybe for a season it is good for a husband and wife to just worship together you know hmm. just to mm-hmm. be there sit next to each other soak in God's word because children can add a lot of stressors to marriage yeah let's be honest about that so overall, our goal is to have kids in worship. We want to work towards that, but there might be seasons in life where, hey, you know, we just need a break. Um, but going back to that question then, what, what makes this a real challenge to have kids in church consistently? Well, defini- definitely, like, um, they're just not as focused. You know, they don't, yeah, ha- they don't have the age. attention span. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when they're kind of in the back of the church and they're sitting in this little confined, you know, either a pew or a chair and they're staring at the back of someone's head and they don't really want to be there. So it's, I think one of the challenges is to get them to engage, not just in distractions, but to get them to engage meaningfully in worship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like when I was a kid, I remember um, vividly actually singing hymns with my dad. And partly because mm-hmm. my dad did not sing very well, <laughs> but uh, but he was uh, loud, <laughs> and yeah. so he gave me confidence to sing with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you know, I think it's how do you how do you get kids to engage um, mm-hmm. in in the prayers, and not just be you know what, doing whatever coloring or. We always sat in the front row. Yeah, yeah, which that's is nice one of because our because then they could be closer to you. Um, but we always sat in the front so that they felt closer to the service and more engaged in that. Yeah, so I think that's one tip, you know, is yeah. is just to say it's kind of counterintuitive because as a parent yeah. you want an escape you route. You want to be in the back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's okay, too. Yeah. You you know your family. Yeah. Yeah. If but we I, slid out, we just walked right in front of everyone. Yeah. And yep. that was okay because... And just, just march out. Just wave it. Proudly. Yeah, because yeah, that's okay. And um, we're in this together. Yeah, and I think if you have a church body that is not super welcoming, that could be a mm-hmm. huge challenge. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had that experience. All the churches we've been at have been really supportive of um, my family and my kids and just kind of sticking through it. And But I know that's not everyone's experience, and I don't know how I would get through it if that was the case. If I felt, I mean, as a mom... And, you know, maybe as dads, too, I feel like you, you're already kind of aware of how people might be perceiving you. you you're a little hypersensitive to that. And I, to have an environment where you feel 
attacked or not really welcomed, you know, Mm -hmm. that would be really difficult. And so, um, yeah, that's just, Mm. that would be one struggle if you don't feel supported. And, and I don't believe that our society is very child friendly anymore. Like as much as we might think kids are cute, I get the sense more and more that we're more like we want adult spaces. And, and so sometimes I think that even happens in the church where, where people, so imagine this, if you're coming to church for a consumer experience, I want to go to church and get my praise on, right? And, and just have all the feels and get a message that's going to get me ready for the week. And it's all about me filling my cup rather than just also being with God's people and serving them. Then if there are children who chirp and, and make noises or scream, you're going to be like, you're messing up my time, my mm-hmm. Jesus time. And, and so I think that can be a challenge. And I, I just really encourage us as a church to, to be the kind of mm-hmm. place where, man, kids are welcome. Like mm-hmm. this is a child yeah, friendly don't get zone. Dirty looks to <laughs> the kids who are like kicking your pew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were really blessed in, in Thunder Bay that our kids, well, it was humbling as parents. I think we had to ask for help. We really did. Because uh, we had twins with a twin and an older kid. Yeah, uh, a two-year-old. twins and a two-year-old <laughs> and no family around. Right. So we had to make those connections and it kind of forced us to. But like after a while, we were. it was so beautiful because I would look out and my kids, sometimes all three of them would be sitting with other adults in the church, different adults, mm-hmm. and engaging with them. And Megan was like, kind of had the time to herself. You know? <laughs> it was yeah. great. But I think, you know, I, I long to see that kind of thing in the church, you know, where it's, you know, not only are we going to tolerate you, but we're going to treat your kids like they're part of our family. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're going to gain trust with you. You know, we're, gonna, we're you're not going to like take your kids, but we're going to we're going to serve you. And I'll mm-hmm. be grandma. I'll be grandpa for this uh, this session. And that's a beautiful thing um, to that see. It's really helpful for our yeah. relationship, for our yeah, absolutely. We, they became babysitters, and these are the people we spent birthdays with. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it forced us to create a community, and and it was it was a gift from God, really. And I wonder how many adults, grandparents, or just adults in general would would just be like, "Yeah, I'd love to help out with kids," um, but they just haven't been asked mm-hmm. or haven't thought to offer. And they're probably afraid to, because there's definitely, you don't want to offend a young family Mm. by, you know, (laughs) offering to help and have that family be like, well, do you think that we're struggling (laughs) over here, you know, or like, do you think we're having our, so there's that, you know. Like, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, but but, um, being in a situation similar to that, we, we didn't have family and John was up, you know, at the pulpit like away I had to sit by myself and you're forced to ask people that you know to you know could we sit next to you so that if I have to go feed the infant you know these kids can stay with you if they have to go up for communion or something and we God gave us a family the Dillions who actually sought us out mm-hmm. which I don't think happens very often um I don't know what we would have done without we wouldn't them. have been able to survive without them and without all of the other people at church that would help to like we would switch and go to different services we didn't always go to the same service and so there was different 
people who would step up and and help us out because well and you know you just kind of have to take a risk if you're a parent Mm -hmm. and you have kids just take that risk to to see if someone who even if you don't know them super well if maybe you can sit next to them together Mm -hmm. and they might surprise you and actually actually help you out i think at one point i joked around hey we're taking applications for adopted grandparents if you're interested Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he totally took us up on it that's great that's awesome (laughs) yeah you know i think I, i love this conversation and like so many other conversations that i want to be having as a church but COVID, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, there's a challenge with having kids in church sometimes with with COVID. Some families might not feel comfortable yet. Yeah. Maybe uh, we have children who have uh, health issues, things like that. So let's talk a little bit about worshiping at home because, uh, you know, I've often wondered, maybe more families are worshiping together than have ever been worshiping together in in past years because... It's on TV, it's on the screen, you can gather in your living room, and obviously the ideal that we're aiming for in the long run is being in God's house, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just thankful that we're able to worship, even if it's from a distance. Um, so what are some thoughts, thinking back to that month or two that we were worshiping at home, uh, what are some thoughts about making that a good experience with your kids? Hmm. Well, it was difficult at home because we're at home mm-hmm. where all of their stuff is and, you know, Legos. I, and so John and I, you know, with parenting styles too, like we were different people. <laughs> and so we definitely, I was like, you know what, I've done this kids at church for 11 years, dude, like <clears throat> you can let them, let them run around a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're like, what? well, they need it. They're not even listening. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe they are though. I so, did have one thing I did that I thought was helpful is I took the dining room chairs downstairs, which is where our TV is, Yeah, where our TV is. And I, I put them in a row and I made a pew, mm-hmm. <laughs> which on a good day, it worked on a bad day. <laughs> You know, the kids would like lean back on them and stuff, but well, it became a fort. Yeah, yeah. it became a fort. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That was to <laughs> get rid of the jumping on the couch thing. Or but fighting over the beanbag chair. Fighting over the place to be. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a, um, in our basement, we have a trapeze bar hanging from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So we just uh, screwed it into the, the, the floor joist. And so, yeah, during church, we've had these trapeze, these little monkeys flying around in our basement, kicking off the walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just did it for exercise. But, yeah, it's been a little challenge, the environment. Yeah. <laughs> coloring, we would do, we'd try to print off coloring pages that oh, yeah. related mm-hmm. to the sermon. Yeah. And then they would color that. So, like, nope, you can color. <laughs> I try to do that, too. See, and here's, this is what I appreciate about this conversation, is that just to remind everybody that... You just try stuff, and it's you're going to find out what doesn't work. And you might never really find out what does work, but just keep trying. Because, like, my mm-hmm. kids my kids won't sit. I tried to print out stuff, too. Well, kids are different. They didn't, they didn't yeah. color. Like, one of them, yeah, maybe one of them colored for, like, a little mm-hmm. bit. But then they ditched it. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're sitting. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're tired and snuggling with you. Sometimes they're bouncing off the walls. It's just, I don't know, just to to embrace that it's it's never going to look exactly how you picture it in your mind mm-hmm. and that it's going to be different every time 
so it's even sometimes hard to predict but just keep trying something like figure out what didn't work that day well what can we do different the next time instead of just throwing the towel and give up so perseverance but also from a member perspective having compassion because you don't know what learning challenges some of these kids have Mm -hmm. or what kind of uh, home environment or other factors and so it's also just exercising compassion and encouraging uh, families just let's good job great to see you today absolutely that was always so nice you know whenever someone would tell me I'm just so glad to see your kids in Mm. church and they're not commenting about how how you know I was parenting or how I handled this or that because sometimes that gets a little self-conscious too Mm -hmm. but just to like give an encouragement that you know it was nice to hear your kids Hmm. even if they were loud or if they were laughing or even when they're fighting because they fight with each other sometimes (laughs) too and that's so frustrating um isn't something you have to deal with too but just to know that other people are okay with you being there Mm -hmm. so huge so let me ask another question um because we are getting into the the angsty preteen years yeah, we are. We yeah. have a sixth grader. Just approaching it. Just approaching Just it, right? Just touching the edge, yeah. And uh, what do you do when your late elementary school kid says, I'm bored? <laughs> During oh, church? Gosh, I'm so bored. You know, mm-hmm. what, how do you respond to that as a parent? I don't know. We're dealing with <laughs> it right now, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you... Well, I think of it this way. I mean, my kids, sometimes they don't want to brush their teeth. Yeah, that's a struggle. It is real, yeah. But I'm the parent, and I know what's better for them in the long term. And so, I don't know, I guess, you know, maybe when I've sat in church and and one of my kids kind of slouches up against me and says, I'm bored and hungry and tired. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what I've done is just said, I'm sorry. hug him close. I love (laughs) you. I'll hug you close, and, and we'll... You're building stamina, right? <laughs> yeah. In fact, Katie, Katie Matthews, from her education background, has talked about stamina. Mm. Like, if kids can read for five minutes, then they can learn to read for 10 minutes and then maybe 15. Mm-hmm. And so maybe with church, we, we develop that stamina. If we can get through half the service, eventually we can get through three yeah. quarters of it. And eventually we'll be able to have that ability, that willpower yeah. to participate. Another thing, though that I've, I've tried to do too, is it's a critical point when your kids learn how to read because when they learn how to read, you can help them to participate even more. Mm-hmm. They're so kind of excited about You can that take too. the hymnal or the bulletin or point to the screen and you can do it with them so that they're participating. Uh, they become active participants. And maybe you don't do the whole service. Maybe you just teach them how to do the confession of sins. Mm-hmm. and the absolution or maybe you teach them to do the creed or the psalm but mm-hmm. uh, i think that's important too we've mm-hmm. got for easter we got our kids their own bibles and it's been so much fun to see our oldest like try to find the scriptures in his bible and then uh highlighting them because we've taught mm-hmm. him like hey it's okay to mark in your bible this is your bible and so <laughs> well, sometimes they'll yeah. like <laughs> color a whole like 
three pages yep. or whatever. <laughs> the goal is to highlight the whole Bible, yeah, yeah. <laughs> page but by that's page. Okay. You know, because they're at least interacting. Well, I, and I like, um, you know, John, what you were saying is like, when you're passing on the faith to your kids, you, it does kind of come naturally. There's going to be challenges, but you know, when we're talking about, well, we love our family loves football, right? And so. I'm going to help you participate in this. I'm going to get you the shirt. I'm going to teach you the plays and tell you mm-hmm. why it's important. And I think that's one piece that when I'm, when I'm worshiping, when I get the opportunity to worship with my kids in church, that's one thing I'm actively doing is like, cause they're, they get a little disengaged, you know? And yeah. so I'll pick them up during the prayers. So they're, they're praying with me. Like they're not going to be coloring for three, five minutes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm they're going to pray and I'm going to prompt them to do that or just, you know, say, listen, you know, like if they're getting distracted, um, I'll say, listen to the reader, you know, like he's saying stuff from God. That's important. Or that was a verse that you had studied at school or we've read this story before. Do you remember? I like to do that to kind of call their attention Mm -hmm. back. Just connect the dots and yeah, help them participate. And so I think there's a lot of, we can really be intentional about that. Um, I like to really, with my youngest, I like to hold her when we sing a hymn or a song because, you know, you kind of hold her close so that she can hear your voice. And to hear mom and dad singing, uh, I think that's a really powerful thing. Like you talked about that memory from your childhood. Uh, So one of the... Go ahead. I think, too, as we're talking about this, I think it is hard for kids to um, go to worship if it doesn't make sense in the context of their life. So by that, I mean it will be a lot easier for the kids to go to church if you actually talk about why Mm, you're going. If in the middle of the week, you know, during your daily life, you're talking about your faith you're bringing up scripture, um, you're having habits at home, but it doesn't make sense if it's completely disconnected from the overall tradition of your family. So if it's like you're just forcing them to come, yelling at them the whole time, mm-hmm. and then you're going home, and then we just ha- we don't have to do this again until ne- you know mm. seven more days, <laughs> that. You know, it, it needs to it needs to make sense in the context of the of the family and your life together, and to explain that and be a mentor to your kids about that, not just that one hour on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even just yeah, continuing the conversation, I I knew a a, um, a good friend of mine in, in Thunder Bay. He was um, an elder in the church, and he was someone who uh, he alone was really shepherding his family. He had two daughters mm-hmm. and he was the one really bringing them up in the faith. Mom didn't really want to. Um, and she had her own struggles with it, but he would tell me that it was a prime time when his daughters would come to church with him who were teens mm-hmm. that on, on the drive home, mm-hmm. he would just yeah. bring it up. You know, what did you think about the sermon? And, and that's when they were in that kind of older years that it was an opportunity to talk about really important stuff in life mm-hmm. and, and start to develop that skill, which is to reflect yeah. honestly and openly uh, about the scriptures. And so, yeah, I think you're right on, Kelly, that you have to kind of weave it in to the rest of their lives and to make it understandable and 
yeah. connect the dots. Because if it's just a tradition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then why are we doing it? And there's probably a lot of kids who've grown up and maybe, maybe continued in the church, but maybe even left it, where they had no idea why they were doing what they were doing. In fact, I hear that about confirmation sometimes where uh, now adults reflect on their experience and say, yeah, we learned the catechism, but nobody told us why there was a catechism or what the commandments meant. Hmm. Uh, In fact, you know, my dad went to confirmation of his own volition. He just walked down the street to the church and went. But he, he told me the other day that, yeah, when I was in confirmation, I didn't know why we were doing this. Nobody told me. Mm-hmm. We just got up there, said our vows, and, and then didn't come back to church. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, So we do need to be very careful, like you were saying, Kelly, just to, to say, why do we do this? One of the things we've done on the podcast is we've made book recommendations. And so I see, Megan, you've got a book there. Uh, uh, it's called The Spiritually Vibrant Home. Uh, the Power of Messy Prayers, Loud Tables, and Open Doors. Do you want to chat about that just a little bit briefly, uh, like the research behind that? Yeah, this little book is a gem. It's It has original research from Barna and uh, Lutheran Hour Ministries, and they have put together what makes a vibrant household. And they have found that uh, hospitality is huge, um, inviting people, uh, non-family members, into your home mm. um, and eating around a table to have faith conversations is really important to faith formation, as well as playing together and laughing together. Um, they have the statistics that 68% um, of practicing Christians um, inherited their faith from their mothers um, and 46% inherited their faith from their fathers, 37% from a grandparent, and 16% from a non-relative. So I think that's a huge, um, huge statistic that shows us that like parents are the primary vehicles for passing on the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that in Scripture, too, that God uses family, the institution of family. Like God instituted family. Um, to pass on the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you see brokenness in the Bible, broken families in there, but the faith is still passed on, and that's awesome. And so I think it's really important that we don't um, rely on the pastors and the Sunday school teachers to mm-hmm. instill faith in our kids. Like, it's it's the parent's mm-hmm. role. And so this little book, it's not very long, so it's great and has full of it's full of graphics, which Lots is also graphics, nice yeah. for parents. So it's a very quick read, but it's a, it has a, so much good stuff. So the Spiritually Vibrant Home. We'll put a link to that in the description as well. Yeah, we'll put that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And that was a, a research project done by Barna and also Lutheran Hour Ministries. Mm-hmm. And, and so something from our own, uh, our own tradition, our own denomination, some really good work they've done. So... Yeah, be sure to check that out. It's a quick read, and it just gives us some good research and some good strategies to, to pass the faith on. Uh, now, I think we all want to hear the story about 
the dropping pants at communion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, so I'm just thinking, you know, thinking about challenges and times and seasons in life. Um, there was, yeah, it was like a, a Lenten service. And I think it was Monday Thursday, wasn't it? Yes, it was Monday Thursday, <laughs> like a really important big deal one, you know. The Last Supper, Jesus is getting betrayed that night and taken off to prison like this is the big deal you know and you see it's very somber um not a lot of people are there like not a lot of people in connecticut come to the evening um midweek services so it's not as you can't hide (laughs) you know as much if it was a sunday morning and it's evening so the kids are just restless it is not a good time at night for young kids um and i was on my own of course because john was doing the service with the other pastor and um Bria was a baby I had her like in her little um body carrier strapped to me Joshua was like two and a half and William's like five or six or whatever just humming Star Wars the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah and we all have to go up to communion and I have we 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 get up you know you kind of wrangle the kids to actually come up with you. We go up the steps and we're kneeling down at communion. I'm kneeling down. I'm noticing that like my baby is like trying to tug my shirt down, which is also, you know, like a huge (laughs) mortifying experience. So I'm dealing with that. And then I'm looking over at Joshua, (laughs) who's pants are down by his ankles why (laughs) up here at the altar and my friend Kevin comes up and just puts his pants back up and (laughs) helps him sit back down and is laughing and I'm just like I'm never coming back to Lenten services again you know this is it and so and that is true I didn't come to evening (laughs) services for a long time so that's why I want to say to parents like there is grace here we get it if you Mm -hmm. cannot handle something at a certain time in your life that is okay like God is still there for you and this last year we started coming back to evening services where I felt like I could handle it again no I feel like we can maybe handle (laughs) it a little bit better but yeah I mean stories like that just to say first of all we can't survive on our own without other church members yeah, like helping to, us to out. Kevin because he, just he doesn't knew care. Us. He knew he, us well he enough us. that he knew he could he just run over. He has kids. I'm just going to help this kid. <laughs> She's obviously having a hard time over there. Yeah. And it's no judgment. It's just like helping each other out. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be pretty all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it's a good picture of what life really is. Sometimes we try to put on a a show for other people at church, but you know what? That's not real. Um, messiness, fighting with e- like the kids fighting with each other, having to drag one of them out because they're misbehaving. That's just life. That's just <laughs> real. You don't need to, you know, beat yourself up about those things. But they definitely sear into your memory. <laughs> I I think you know just to wrap it all up. I think that um, one of the biggest things is just that parents should just own own the path the mm-hmm. path of raising your kids just own it yeah. all of it you know the good stuff the bad stuff the difficulties it's just like that is your job and so if you if, if you just start there that this is not an optional part of my life um then you can just deal with whatever curveballs mm-hmm. come and you can laugh about them too 
Yeah. You know, because it's like, well, it doesn't mean we're quitting or anything like that. It's just part of the struggle. Yeah. And know that at the very least, as, as members of Holy Cross, know that at the very least, your pastors are super excited to see your kids in church. Like, that gives us so much joy. Like, when I see families together in church, that just makes my heart warm uh, to see that. And so, um, yes. Yeah, as a PSA to all the Holy Cross members, if we are here, like, Tim, Megan, Kelly, John, we are all here for you. All of the staff people are here for you. If you want to specifically reach out to any of us, um, to talk about questions about what we've talked about today or, you know, concerns or whatever. If you need help, let us know. Mm. I am here for you. I, I, so sometimes it's just nice to vent like, oh my gosh, can you believe what my kid just did, it, you know, this Sunday mm. or whatever. Um, and if you need help, just ask and reach out to the people who are around you and you know for sure, at least we are. So yeah. if you don't know anybody else, you know we are here for you. And the pastors, they've Tim and John have preached through our kids screaming, so they've yeah. had good practice. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't be embarrassed. So like they can they just can plow it. through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can even sleep through kids screaming. <laughs> you can. I yeah, can't yeah, do super that. talent. <laughs> so that is that's a <laughs> superpower. <laughs> I can't do. As we end today, I'm going to ask listeners. You know, if you're a parent, if you're a mom or dad, and you're in this struggle. Um, let us know uh, as a church. We would love to know any ideas you have about how we can make worship just better for families. That's something I know we talked with Katie Matthews a mm-hmm. little bit about is how do, we, how do we make worship just a great space for kids? And uh, we've been trying to make services, you know, about an hour. That's, that's our goal is to make them, you know, not be you know, morbidly long so that, you know, the kids are just losing it. Uh, we've been trying to, uh, um, uh, this Sunday, Katie Matthew- Matthews is doing a, a kid sermon. message, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, so we'll have that. But anything you can think of that would just make this experience better for you, that would help you, uh, let us know. We, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, and you can sit in the pew behind us if you want to, too, if it'll make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, we will pick it up next week, and next week we plan to have uh, Katie Matthews, our Director of Family Discipleship, on with us uh, as we're going to be talking about uh, passing on the faith to our elementary school kids, uh, Sunday school, uh, all those good things. So we hope to join you next week. All right. See you then.